0: Radio MD. Radio MD.com. A daily
1: dose of melanie means a daily dose of health. This is Melanie Cole's Health Radio. Well, a daily dose of melanie and her estrogen issues and her perimenopause is what you're getting today with Dr. Diana Bittner. She's board certified in obstetrics and gynecology, and she's a certified menopause practitioner. So we're talking today, Dr. Bittner, about menopause symptoms, estrogen, and this hormone therapy. So many women. And you must get this every single day. And even knowing you and talking to you, I feel the same way. I'm concerned about it. I'm a little confused about it. Talk to us about hormone therapy, bioidenticals. Just clear it all up for us.
0: Well, that's a that's a good goal, and I'm happy to. There are so many questions every day, but 80% of women will have menopausal symptoms that affect their health and their quality of life. So we definitely have to address this issue. And hormones are not bad, and over the years, we've learned more and more who they're safe for, who they're not safe for, when to start, when to stop, if to stop, um, and how to take all that good stuff. So we, we could talk about this for a long time.
1: Yes, we certainly could. So let's just start with, with when would you need hormone therapy? When would you consider talking to your doctor about what, what has to happen in our bodies before we consider looking at hormone therapy?
0: So, taking hormone therapy, the goal is to not necessarily replace what the ovary used to make, but to give enough to help the symptoms. You know estrogen and progesterone go everywhere in the body and have big effects so basically it's when the symptoms start you know some people will will even start hormone um, therapy in late perimenopause, so before the periods stop all the way, but when those symptoms start to be Cyclical. So let's say hot flashes and night sweats the three days before the period starts or worsening mood changes or, um, you know, even weight gain that doesn't make sense. We don't use hormones for weight loss, but it certainly can help with our quality of life. It helps us sleep so we feel like getting up on the, you know, in the morning on the treadmill instead of having night sweats all night the night before. So certainly in the first few years of menopause, once the symptoms are really at their worst, that might be the time to start it. So everyone has an individual story, you know, when the symptoms are starting to affect them to the point where it's affecting their quality of life.
1: Okay, so once it's affecting your quality of life, there's so many different things. We hear bioidentical, we hear um, systemic and vaginal estrogen, we hear topical, we hear with progesterone and testosterone Mm -hmm. and all these things and oh my god, it's dizzying. It is. So I tell my patients my number one goal is their safety. So the number one safety um,
0: issue with, for example, progesterone is if you have a uterus, you have to take a progesterone. I think about the lining of the uterus like your lawn. Estrogen is fertilizer, progesterone is weed killer. So if you take fertilizer, you have to take weed killer. And when I prescribe hormones, I do prescribe hormones. I hate the term, but bioidentical, but they're FDA approved. Um, unfortunately, there's a community of providers that give hormones that are they call bioidentical, but there's no, they're not FDA approved. There's not the same safety requirements, quality requirements. So when I prescribe, it's, it's estradiol and it's micronized progesterone. So it's identical to what your ovary used to make or isn't making enough of in perimenopause when we prescribe the medicines, there has to be an estrogen and then a matching amount of progesterone to protect the lining of the uterus. And so the options with progesterone is there's the micronized pill, um, and there's another way that we use it is the IUD, actually, to put the interuterine device in the uterus, which puts progesterone just right in the wall of the uterus, but not much at all into the system. So there are, again, all different ways, and we individualize you know, what suits the
1: person. And what about this okay so there's yes that it, estrogen replacement is good for you for your bone density and it can prevent heart attacks and but then they say it contributes to breast cancer and then they wh- how, who do we know what to believe?
0: So, for example, the the study that changed everything is called the WHI, or the Women's Health Initiative. And it's the largest study of women ever done, ever will be done, because it was so expensive. But 160,000 women were watched over time to see what happened, whether or not they took hormones. And basically... It, When the study first came out, the news was was that, oh, no, hormones cause breast cancer, and so many people stopped. I think about 60% of women taking hormones at the time abruptly stopped, and and it really changed things. Now, since that came out back... um, you know, now almost what 15 years ago, what we've really learned more from the study. So now we know, for example, is that if women start hormones early in their menopause transition, within the first five to 10 years since the last period, we know that it actually can promote heart health. It, it, it helps keep the cholesterol in a good range. It can help with insulin resistance and reduce our risk of diabetes and central obesity. But also, a study that just came out called the Elite Trial shows that it actually slows I'll say that again, slows the thickness of the carotid artery, maybe reducing long-term risk of stroke. If women start hormones late in the transition, let's say close to the 10-year mark or after, maybe it actually increases risk of a heart attack or a stroke. So if one is going to consider hormones, the earlier you start them, the, the better and the safer it is.
1: Um, So if I am not experiencing quality of life issues, and really, Dr. Bittner, this is really just all about me and my therapy. Of course, course, that's why I get to do the show. If I'm not experiencing any symptoms, do I go on because I'm 52? Do I go on prophylactically or do I wait? Because now you're saying if I wait till the 10-year mark, it could put me at risk for other things. How do you know what to do if you're not somebody who it's really affecting anything?
0: Right. And that's a question. I I would say, you know, number one, the women who tend to get through the the transition, the easiest, let's say without hormones, are number one, making good choices. They tend to be the women who are keeping their weight off, staying away from sugar, exercising, and making good choices. And part of that is just Luck that their thermostat isn't so bad, um, and you're not having crazy hot flashes and night sweats. That, no, that can just be good, good luck as well. Um, you've got a window of about six years where we know that you're still going to get good benefit in terms of what's going on in the inside. So, in terms of the thickness of the wall of your arteries, in terms of not getting thickening or you know plaque development in the arteries, um, what's happening with your your skin, your collagen, your brain. You know, we know from studies, the Nurses' Health Study, the WHI, that women who take hormones do have a reduced risk of death from all causes um, by a significant amount of time. And so it can definitely help your internal health. One could argue is that even if you're feeling good, it's not a bad idea to take a low dose of estrogen. But again, that's an individual conversation, looking at details of your cholesterol and, and, you know, what do you want. And I think within your window of time, you're gonna know, you know, what you want to do if you start to feel symptoms at some point. And again, you might be someone who says, you know, I'm okay. I'm I'm gonna do without. But there's enough of a window of time that you you likely will have a sense.
1: So we only have a minute left. I mean, we could do 10 segments Mm -hmm. on this. So wrap it up. How does a woman make this choice and what things in her life would affect the choice that she makes? Sure. So
0: women who can't take estrogen because it's probably not safe are women who have active heart disease. If you've already had a heart attack, I would not start you on estrogen. If you had a blood clot in your leg or lung, I would not start estrogen. If you've had breast cancer, I would not give you estrogen. Um, I would give you vaginal estrogen, but not systemic estrogen in your blood. Think about the health benefits, bone health, sleeping, likelihood to exercise, less diabetes, obesity. And there's lots of information, for example, at menopause.org. It's the official website of the North American Menopause Society You can even go on and find a certified menopause practitioner in your area. Most of the times insurance covers it. And then it's really to have that individual discussion with your doc and know the facts. Um, Many physicians still maybe haven't read all the stuff that a certified menopause practitioner would have read or been tested on and therefore still making decisions maybe by bias or experience, not the facts. And uh, it's know the facts
1: know the facts menopause.org so good for information find a menopause practitioner in your area and of course listen to Dr. Bittner right here on Melanie Cole's health radio show stay well